Before we get going on the show, I just want to say thank you. Uh, for the last about two years, many of you know that we've been working on this book, um, and the release date is 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 happened, and so it's just really exciting that that this is all like coming together. And we couldn't have done it without your prayers and your support. So we just wanted to say thank you for for that over the last several years. The book has been received very well thus far. We have uh, quite a few endorsements and uh, several dioceses that are picking it up as a resource for marriage encounters and things like that. Um, so I just wanted to also say thank you. Last week I asked if you would prayerfully consider supporting us because one of 100% of your donations go back into the show. We can help promote the book. We had a lot of people uh, respond to that. So I just want to say thank you. And if you're still considering, please go to patreon.com slash the Catholic Man Show. We try not to make too hard of sales here, but uh, we do give you really cool Catholic Mancho whiskey glasses, Catholic Mancho beer glasses as thank you gifts. Pamela has said that her the Catholic Mancho beer glass is her favorite glass that she that we've ever put out. So go check that out. Go to patreon.com slash the Catholic Mancho. You can check out all of our thank you gifts. We also have uh, master classes with Carlo Broussard from Catholic Answers talking about St. Thomas's five ways. We also have a fitness program uh, with Pat Flynn. So they're only available to uh, our patrons. We also have over 60, I think, audio books slash interviews. So there's a lot of content over there that we've been working on over the last six years. Uh, I think you guys would really enjoy it. Go to patreon.com slash the Catholic Man Show if you would like to support our show. Uh, we want to dedicate this this episode to our wives. Cheers. Today, I am here to give you the assurance that I have not forgotten you. If we want to see the new evangelization become more than just jargon, if we want to see it grow legs and gain traction and change the world, we have got to take seriously our responsibilities as husbands and fathers and especially as sons of God. I want to propose to you then that something that our world is desperately in need of in the midst of this crisis is Catholic Christian masculinity. If you want to be a good father, then bring your children to confession with you. I can't get there unless I become a man of ascesis, a man of asceticism, a man of training. A man not doing penance, a man not disciplined, is not a man. You guys have upped your game. You know what, guys, I gotta say, I, I love this the concept of man show. Warning, the Catholic Man Show is about to begin. Welcome to this special edition of The Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side, so raise your glass. This is only the second time The Catholic Man Show has been as beautiful in the in the episode. I'm Adam Minahan here with David Niles, but we have our lovely wives with us in studio. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hi. So happy to be here. So just uh, <laughs> to make introduction, this is Lady Pamela. And Hello. Lady Pamela Niles, Lady Haley Minahan. Thank Hi. you for joining us. <laughs> we're really excited you're here. I, am I don't also. know how excited they are, but, but we're excited <laughs> they're here. Super excited. We're excited. 
I'm telling myself I'm excited <laughs> about that. I am excited. <laughs> well, this is a very special edition of the Catholic Man Show. If this is your first time listening, Dave, why don't you give them an idea of what the Catholic Man Show is about? So the Catholic Man Show is a show, radio show and podcast, dedicated to restoring the art of virtuous living in the life of the Catholic man or the future Catholic man. We have a lot of future Catholics who listen to the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we do that a number of ways. We talk about virtue. We talk about living the good life. Um, every show we review, we open review and enjoy a manly beverage. Sometimes we will also highlight a man gear of some kind. And then we have a topic, discussion. Uh, today we're going to be talking about the domestic church. So it's very fitting that our wives are with us. Right. Mm-hmm. This has also been a very uh, episode that we have been drawn out waiting for for quite for about two (laughs) years the long-awaited episode Mm -hmm. yes (laughs) um because we are we have officially launched our book uh that we've been working on like i said for two full years living beyond sunday with with ascension press living beyond sunday how to make your home a holy place i still struggle with the uh the subtitle it's like it's something about being a holy house. <laughs> <laughs> How to make your home? A How holy to make place. your home a holy place? Yeah. So we've been working on this for about two years. Uh, we're, we did the the book with our wives, uh, Pamela and Haley. We we're able to incorporate, you know, things that we've talked about on the show, but then also just like our real life examples. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. So it was it was a kind of a challenge. I thought writing with all four of us. <laughs> It's hard writing with other people because, you, you, especially when you're in the editing phase, you come across a paragraph and you think, I didn't write this. Can I change it? Who did <laughs> no. write it? And you know? the, the voice changes. Right. With the writing. It does. Because mm-hmm. everyone has their own unique style and you're going through and you're like, oh, there was an obvious shift here. Uh-huh. I'm wondering, was that Pamela? Right. Or was that? <laughs> yeah. But... Uh, so we get, we finished the book. Yes. Being, Praise the Lord. Being published. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're officially authors. Very proud of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, like going through it. So we, we thought. We don't have a copy of the book to show you today because it's. It's still it, be. It's, it's just it's, now available for pre-sale. Pre, for pre-sale yeah. You can go to right. citrapress.com to, to pre-order it. Uh, but before we do, before we get into the book, Dave, I think it, it like we're men of tradition. I think it's important that we <laughs> stick to tradition of yeah. the show. Uh, so today we're, we'll be opening up a bottle of Writer's Tears. It's Irish whiskey. We thought it was very appropriate <laughs> for uh, this episode, being that we just finished our book. Uh, there's sometimes that... And maybe there were tears. Maybe there were some tears. I don't know. Uh, it, it was interesting how, how much, how difficult I thought the book... Like, originally we thought, oh, the book was... It, it, it's going to be pretty easy. We all just take a, a topic... Let's write a chapter. We put a ball together. Should be fine. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I didn't realize, I guess, how hard writing writing really a book is. is hard. It's really tough. Who knew? Yeah, like because also you're like in real life where you know people get sick for two weeks and you're mm-hmm. whoops we missed that deadline. Right. <laughs> uh-huh. Sorry about that. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah we yeah. All, we got the Rona, and uh, that made it hard to hard to write. Mm-hmm. I I had the, and then we went on vacation. The fog. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But well, anyway, we got it done. So uh, let's, let's 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 cheers. Let's try Lord's some whiskey. Team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Ooh. Cheers to Jesus. Cheers. So Haley and I just got back from Ireland uh, on wow. our, our on our anniversary, our ten year anniversary trip, 
and we went to the Irish Whiskey Museum in Dublin. Mm. And they go through the whole, uh, you know, here's how whiskey was made. Here's here's the importance of Irish whiskey, even in the um, their common life, you know, during that time. One of the things that's very unique about Irish whiskey is that it's triple distilled. All mm. Irish whiskey is triple distilled. So it's not going to have that very strong burn. It's going to be a little, because it's purifying the, the mm-hmm. whiskey three times instead of uh, most scotches are twice or bourbons are twice. Uh, but Irish whiskey is three times. Um, so it's going yeah, to you give can definitely a smoother tell. whiskey. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. Irish whiskey is a lot more approachable. It's like mm-hmm. a lot easier to drink than you know what a lot of scotch is. Now, the uh, Gaelic for whiskey is Ishkabaha. Ooh, I like it. Okay, and so that means water of life. And so the end of Ishki has an E at the end. And so there's a big debate on whether or not whiskey, Irish whiskey is spelled, Irish whiskey is spelled with an E. Scot, Scottish whiskey, uh, Scotch is spelled without an E. And so it's always mm-hmm. a debate of who came first, right. which, which whiskey came first. Who invented whiskey. Right, who invented it. Because mm. that's got a big deal. You right. <laughs> and so... Uh, you know, when we were going through this tour, it seemed like there was a lot of controversy. <laughs> little tense. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Little tense. Mm-hmm. And so the, the Irish say that the whiskey was made first in Ireland. And Naturally. Ishki, mm-hmm. because it has the E at the end. This is how we spell whiskey. Ishki. Yeah. Whiskey, whiskey, So is whiskey. that how they say it in Ireland? Whiskey? No. No, I mean, it's... That's too bad. It's more of like... Uh, <laughs> that would have been a really fun tour. Most of them say just uh, a malt. I'd like a malt. Oh. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So, All right. Anyway, that's a little bit of history. This is why, so Dave, for those who maybe this first time listening to the Catholic Man Show, why do we have a drink on the show? Um, what's the purpose of that? Well, uh, God, God <laughs> made the things of this earth good, and they should be enjoyed for their goodness. Um, and so we always promote the virtue of temperance on the show, moderation. Um, but there's something about having a good, a good drink with with friends um, that just facilitates a good conversation, similar to having a good meal around the table. Uh, It just provides an atmosphere uh, for good conversation about good things to take place. So that's why we do it, because it's good. That's right. Um, So, ladies, why don't we get into, we have a few minutes before the first break, why don't we get into kind of how we broke down the the book? Because it's broken down into basically ten chapters, Mm-hmm. Um, there's some unique chapters in there because sometimes Dave and I work right together. Sometimes mm-hmm. you guys write together. You know, sometimes uh, spouses write together. Uh, what were your thoughts? Kind of break that down. Oh, I don't know. Like, where did we even start? Just what are the basics of the domestic church? Like the relationships. Like, what does your house look like? Um, kind of started there and <laughs> broke it down even more. Yeah, I think the. Um kind of separating who's going to write which subject, which chapter, um, it kind of came together pretty easy because we could see the dynamics of each Mm -hmm. person or two people together. Like Pamela and I did the motherhood, obviously, um, chapter together. And that was maybe one of my favorite ones just because it was interesting to see both of our Mm -hmm. unique takes on it and... um, and, you know, it also helped to facilitate, you know, changing our lifestyle a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And so Adam and I did the motherhood chapter. <laughs> I mean, fatherhood chapter. 
<laughs> I that thought you were making funny. a joke. <laughs> that would have been funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We would have laughed at you. <laughs> I would have liked to see that, though. I, I yeah, also please. would like to see yeah. that. Motherhood. <laughs> Let me tell you about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. All right. How like, the turntables have turned. <laughs> Like, we have a big section on suffering in that chapter, and I'm not sure you would have included that. <laughs> Motherhood is, it's easy, all right? Mm-hmm. I, I'll just tell you, it looks pretty simple. <laughs> you, you sit at home. I'm not, I'm going to stop there. Yeah, stop. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. yeah, so we, we, we... We'll cut that. Yeah. <laughs> we start the introduction with, like, what is the domestic church? You know, the domestic church kind of came about in the Vatican II documents when we're talking about how the home is the the first and the primary provider and, and establisher, basically, of the Catholic faith in the home, right, it, it, for the faith. Um, so we kind of break that down, like, if okay, if we are the soul, you know, the, the first, the combat, the front lines in this in this spiritual warfare, what does that look like? Yeah. Um, so, and what is, what, what's the purpose of having... Uh, being intentional, being Catholic outside of uh, just being Sunday going mass Catholic mass mm-hmm. goers. Mm-hmm. It was hard mm-hmm. to choose just topics that mm-hmm. you know we all wanted to fit into just a few chapters because there's so many that help with establish mm-hmm. the unity um, mm-hmm. that you could go into. But I I feel like we did a good job of yeah. Mm-hmm. What a, the thing I think I appreciate so much about it is that we had a chance to take the things that we do in our own lives mm-hmm. that have worked well for us, you know, in our own family life, things that are not just about, oh, how to have, you know, a well-ordered household, but about how to make take a well-ordered household and put a very Catholic flavor in it, right? That um, the things that of our house as Catholics should be different from mm-hmm. your random, you know, average secular household, even though... A secular household still might be well ordered. Um, is it ordered? What's it ordered to? That's the question, you know. Right. right. So we're here with our wives, Pamela and Haley, are here in the Catholic Man Show studio. We're talking about our new book, Living Beyond Sunday How to Make Your Home a Holy Place. Go check that out on ascensionpress.com. We'll be right back. Dave and I talk about holy friendships and the importance of them in the show quite often. Here's a great opportunity for you to get plugged in to other like-minded Catholic men. The Exodus 90 Conference is coming up August 4th through the 6th. Put that on your calendars, men. August 4th through the 6th in Indianapolis. And just because you listen to the Catholic Man Show, we're going to save you $150. Here's how you do it. Go to exodus90.com slash conference. And you use promo code ND150, that's I-N-D-Y, 150, when you register, and you'll save $150 on your registration fee. This is the conference to be at. There's going to be tons of like-minded Catholic men who are striving for holiness, striving to get their, their families to heaven. Whether you've participated in Exodus 90 or not, this is the conference for you to join other like-minded Catholic men. Go to exodus90.com slash conference for more information. Use promo code ND150 for $150 off. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles. Here with Adam Minahan, our special guests, the most special people that we know, our wives, Lady Pamela and Lady Haley. Thank you so much, ladies. You're welcome. You're beautiful. You're You're beautiful. (laughs) We didn't actually talk about the whiskey. Uh, To me, this is everything that you expect out of an Irish whiskey. It's 
you know, very smooth, very drinkable. It's got that classic honey lemon flavor, mm-hmm. right? That is Irish whiskey right there. Writer's Tears um, mm-hmm. by Copper Pot. Is that no, the that, distillery? No. It's Writer's Tears. Writer's Tears is the distillery. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is their... This is, there's no age statement on here. Um, that's the case with Irish whiskey. Yeah. So. Yeah, because they have different rules. You know, here in bur- like bourbon, there's... Is it bonded? Is You know, all, all those. But it's very good. How much was it? Do you remember? Oh, it's about 50 bucks. All right. Did you get it in Ireland? I did not. No, we bought it. I bought it here. I bought this actually probably six months ago waiting for this show. In anticipation. Yes. Is the reason they don't put, sometimes put the age on the bottle is because it's so young and they don't want to say, (laughs) six months instead of the four years or. Yeah, because the, the, the youngest whiskey that's in the bottle is what is considered the aged whiskey. So you can have a, if it's blended together, you can have a six month old whiskey blended with a 21 year old whiskey Mm. and they can only legally put, say that it's a six month whiskey. I see. Right. So even if it's a single malt, most distillers will still take different age, you know, a little bit of their 10, a little bit of their, if you know, older ones and younger ones and put them together. And, but okay. but at least here in America, there's mm-hmm. the law uh, is that you, it has to you can only represent it as the youngest of those mixing. I don't know what the law is in it's Ireland. The it's the same. I, I suppose though, if you're importing it into the U.S., it would you'd still have to mm-hmm. abide by those rules. But mm-hmm. I'm not sure about that. Okay. But it is the same. You're saying the laws in Ireland are the okay. So the so our book Living Beyond Sunday, making your home a holy place. Is we wrote it with all of our wives, and all of all, our wives. all of them, <laughs> oh, all, all of them, all of them. Mm. Um, so why don't we go through the the chapters of the book real quick, and then we can break down maybe a couple of them. Pamela, mm-hmm. will you read them? You have I those. would. It would be my pleasure. Okay, first we start off with building the domestic church, and then a chapter on marriage, the heart of the domestic church, fatherhood, motherhood, living liturgically, um, the language of the domestic church. Um, the home of the domestic church, like, like the your building, actual structure, the actual house building. Yes, holy leisure, service, and service is cool. It like goes through all of the relationships in the family, and then uh, it culminates with hospitality in the domestic church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which so. is cool. Like we didn't originally have a hospitality chapter, but um, I'm glad that we added it because. The household is it's not ordered towards itself. You know, it's not doesn't exist just for itself. It exists for the community. You know, and so mm-hmm. hospitality is that way. That mm-hmm. so I, I'm really glad that we added that in there because it. Yeah, me too. It puts mm-hmm. a good, nice bow, a on finishing the whole touch. Right. Yeah. Domestic church. It says it says like, oh, this is what the household is for. Mm-hmm. You know, to build mm-hmm. community, to evangelize. This evangelize. is all leading to this. Right. right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, so would you ladies like to talk more about the motherhood chapter? Sure. Absolutely. Um, I think I had mentioned before, this was one of my favorite chapters to do with Pamela because we both had different, um, ways to look at how, what we've learned through motherhood has, um, given life to our domestic church in Mm -hmm. our homes. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And we talked about some of the sorrows, which that is a huge part of it. Um, and it's not to 
be a downer <laughs> about, you know, having kids is this huge burden and we're just suffering. Right. Yeah. But that does come. And I think with anything in life, there is suffering. Mm-hmm. If there weren't, there would be no joy. Mm-hmm. It just wouldn't happen. Right. And mm-hmm. so, you know. Um, yeah, I think that's. That was my favorite part of this chapter. And we kind of go through the seven sorrows of Mary, which like I haven't like really sat with those that much. So it was fun fun, <laughs> fun to think about <laughs> suffering. It was really nice to just reflect on those and think about how that relates to my life. You know, my son isn't being crucified, but you know, he did fall out of the chair yesterday and bust his lip. Like, you know, that's mm-hmm. a little suffering. <laughs> And I only imagine it'll, you know, the sufferings will change and, you know, as your kids are in different stages of their life. And um, but I I really like that section. Um, I had studied a lot. Well, not a lot, but (laughs) did a Bible or a study on John Paul II's Mulieris Dignitatum on the vocation and dignity of women. So we kind of draw from that just talking about like, you know, what is a woman (laughs) and what is the vocation of a woman and. To receive and be fruitful, and you can do that in various ways. Um, so motherhood is like you know one of the obvious ones, and mm-hmm. so it's yeah, it's a delight because of those challenges that we do face. Um, you have those wonderful moments where it's like, oh, look at my kid, they're being so great. It has all paid off, right? Because in the moment. The- a lot of the times, there's not a lot of, like, a big round of applause for mom. Look what she did. Right. But you have to see just the fruits of... Looking around, be like... Your labor. I taught him that. Uh-huh. Yeah, I exactly. want everyone to... There's no one here. Yeah. But I taught him that. Yeah. Yeah. Or having someone come up to you and say, wow, those are mm-hmm. some great kids. Mm-hmm. Your kids are that, so well-behaved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah. I, love I do it. like those, those moments where choice. people come up and be like, your kids are just so well like right. a little bit to, nervous when they come up they it's have like, got what are they to be the say? best kids on the planet you know yeah. <laughs> like well i agree <laughs> we get that all the time <laughs> how much do you guys see that like in order to be intentional mothers it has to do with preparing those thoughts ahead of time like you know so you're talking about like the, this whole sorrow mm. aspect of it it's like i have to prepare knowing that there is going to be suffering and now once I encounter suffering, I know kind of how to either react or how to, to, to take that on. Does that, does that play a role in, in motherhood? Preparing for... Like either suffering sorrows. or your joy, or just the, the, the life of, of the household in general. Like mm-hmm. I know I think how... It, yeah, I think it takes practice to mm-hmm. remind yourself that this is for the glory of God <laughs> and I'm trying to get them to heaven and mother, please help me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah, asking for the graces to, yeah, yeah. Not just cry. Or <laughs> right, because <laughs> it's easy wrong, to just, you know, kind of decide, roll your eyes. well, this day's oh. a wash. Let's just, but yeah, you just mm-hmm. keep, keep mm-hmm. trucking. Mm-hmm. Um, also, we talk about um, training your children, like educating your children, teaching your children. And I think that's really important. And, even though it's like not overlooked, like that job, I think the seriousness of that job is overlooked. Like you have to be bold and teach your daughters about modesty. And they're going to say, oh, mom, that shirt is a little bit low. And so I have to be like, okay, I guess I'll never wear this shirt again because my daughters are pointing their finger, you know. Right. Which is fine. Like I've taught them about modesty, you know. Um, 
so I think the boldness that it takes in training your children, which, you know, goes for fathers also, but um, is not to be overlooked. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> really important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah, but the reality is that I think women, mothers, spend more time, I, I mean, certainly true in general, more time with children than, yeah. with a, than anybody else. Yeah. And so you just have to really have to really think about that. That's what, like one of the things I like about the book is that it helped me think about this in my own life. And our show has really done this for me in general, uh, helped me be more intentional about the things that I'm doing, the things I'm choosing, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's like through discussions about virtue, but we do the same thing in the book, you know, and in our fatherhood chapter, what is a father supposed to be? Um, and are you doing those things just incidentally or are you choosing them? You know, and the same thing is true with mothers, certainly. I, I think it's very, mm-hmm. very true with mothers, right? Um, as you're sitting there loving these children, you know, is that just because like, well, I guess that's what I'm doing today or, or are we actually choosing that, you know? Um, and in the choosing it, that that's where virtue is, right? Because mm-hmm. if you tell the truth just because like, well, I'm, you know, it's like whatever, that's not the virtue of honesty, but if you choose the truth, you know, and and do that habitually, then that's where you get that's where virtue comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that's like one of the things that I really enjoyed about the motherhood chapter that you guys wrote was just this intentional motherhood, right? That you know, you're not just it's not just rearing children, not being the heart of the home because uh, I don't know what else to do. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's because this is the thing. This is the vocation. Mm-hmm. Um, of, right. of the of the domestic church, right? And, yeah, and, and and whether you work or not, right? Because not all not all women have the the privilege, luxury of staying at home. Um, mm-hmm. That it's still a vocation, right? And I think it's um, even if you are at work, even if you are staying home. When you said that, it can make it sound difficult, but we've been given natural gifts mm-hmm. where right. having that unconditional love. Is not hard. It just yeah it's, the grace of the yeah, yeah the grace of the vocation the yeah. sacraments right? yeah you're given those things and it just comes naturally especially in your you know your womanhood you're um, you're using that on a daily mm-hmm. and when you're practicing over and over and it's just it just comes naturally it's not something to you know shy away from or be scared of. Yesterday in the car uh, we were listening to the story of Saint Joan of Arc and it. You know, one of her famous lines just reminds me of of this, that uh, someone asked her, are you afraid of going into battle? And she says, no, I'm not afraid. I was made I was made to yeah. do this. I was made for I was this. Right. This. I was born mm-hmm. to do this. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this, I mean, the same is true of everyone in their vocation, like yeah. whether you're a father, whether you're single, whether you're a mother, you were born to do this specific thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so you can rely on. The fact that God will give <laughs> yes. you the grace to do the thing that he puts you to do. Put you here to do. So praise God for Amen. that. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back. Hey, guys. As most of you know, we're going on a Catholic Man Show pilgrimage this year in September to Ireland with Father Sean Donovan as our chaplain, celebrating the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass every single day. We're going to go to Our Lady of Knock Shrine. We're going to go to the best local pubs in Ireland. We're also going to go on some private distillery tours that only 
our pilgrimage is going to get to go on. Only the people who are going with us. The due date uh, to sign up is in just a few days. And we have just a few spots left. And we want you to come with us. Join us on a trip of a lifetime to Ireland. We go to Holy Sites. We try the best beer and the best whiskey in Ireland all together. It's going to be a blast. Join us. Go to thecatholicmanshow.com to find out more information. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. Talking about our new book from Ascension Press, Living Beyond Sunday, Making Your Home a Holy Place. You can go to ascensionpress.com. One of the things about our book is we, we, we wrote the book for young families, right? For, for families who are, or, or for men and women who are about to enter the vocation of marriage mm-hmm. or who have who are married and are about to enter, you know, having children or, you know, uh, moving, growing their domestic church. And so we intentionally made our book short. So that way people would <laughs> read it. Actually read actually, it. Because yeah. you know, we understand as a young families, it's hard to be able to sit down and read uh, a 300 page book. Uh, so our book is intentionally shorter with the idea in mind of, um, making sure to give you guys an opportunity yeah. to read it. We tried to just put the important stuff in there. Um, I heard a a line yesterday that I think is appropriate. If someone's like, "Well, how how should I explain this to you?" as as close to the end as possible. <laughs> yeah. Right. So like that's kind of what we did. We didn't like set the st- you know we kind of st- didn't worry about setting the stage. You know the stage. It's the domestic. You're church. living it right you now. You have one. Okay. Right. So like we tried to get straight into things that were like practical. Hey, here's stuff that's working for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, I, w- I do want to give a shout out to our bishop, David Condola, uh, mm-hmm. for writing the foreword to our book. That was very kind of him. Yes. So, and kind of exciting, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but we uh, chapter five is on living liturgically. Um, I think that's that is kind of one of the like that's where all the Catholic hacks come in um, when it comes to raising raising a family. And this is an idea that you know. I'm sure has been around. It's it's been around for a long time. But in my own upbringing, and I and I know this is true for Adam as well that this was just not a concept that people considered. Um, and and we were brought up in very good Catholic homes. Um, but that this idea of living liturgically, it just wasn't around, right? Mm. Um, and I I think today, like when you hear domestic church. That almost means living liturgically, uh-huh. which I think is something different about our book, is that that's just one of the pieces, you know, uh-huh. um, you know, looking at that calendar and seeing, oh, whose feast day is this week? Or, mm. oh, any of my kids' names on the liturgical calendar this month? Right, right. Um, yeah, sorry. And, it, well, it, and I do love that because it provides so many good opportunities to have more cake. <laughs> yes. Like, oh, there's a there's an Elizabeth. It's, there's some like Saint Elizabeth I've never heard of. Uh, you know, on the calendar today, let's bake a cake, <laughs> right? You know, because we have an Elizabeth, and you know, so um, there's so many great. One of the that is actually one of the joys of living liturgically. This idea of connecting your home life to the liturgical season, mm-hmm. um, or to the cat. You know, like w- what is the feast of the day? Um, there's so many opportunities for celebration and for joy, um, mm-hmm. for festivity, mm-hmm. um, that w- if you're not paying attention, you'd miss, you know, like 
right. a, a lot of these great things. But um, this to me is where the faith is incarnated, right? Okay, so when you bring the liturgy home, it's no longer, oh, churches, you know, it's not just something we do on Sundays. And your kids, they, they learn that very quickly. And if, if, faith is, if, you're, if your faith is something that you only do on Sundays, your kids will learn that very quickly. Okay. Yeah. Um, but just little things like. Uh, so along with cake, having cake on the day, like for us, it's like, well, we can go to daily mass, so we're going to go to daily mass because it's a party day, right? Yeah. So we're going to go to mass. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of my favorite ways to celebrate a feast day. Do you guys have a favorite mm-hmm. celebration? Well, one of my favorite feast day. One of the ones that I I really like. That's very practical of like how to how to celebrate well is is Saint Joseph the Worker. I knew you were gonna say that. Yes, it's um, a good one. Yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah. I love I love this this feast day because it gives me the opportunity. So what I what I did when my kids were my boys were very young is I bought them a, a toolbox. Okay, and so every year at, at on the feast of Saint Joseph the Worker, I buy them a new tool, and the tool is a nice tool. It's not like one of those cheap Harvard Freight tools. It's like a, a nice tool. Age appropriate. Age appropriate, obviously. <laughs> the jackhammer was a big Electric hit this year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You're four years old. <laughs> yeah, it's time. Here's a sawzall. <laughs> right. It's a DeWalt 20 volt. <laughs> yeah. Extra baby, battery pack. <laughs> this baby will cut through a human arm <laughs> in 20 seconds. Yeah. Um, no, but you know, so I, I, I should not have said that. <laughs> so I, I, I would buy like you know a, a a nice screwdriver, right? A nice flathead for the boys. Uh-huh. Okay, so and so that way I would teach them. Here's how the tool is used. The importance of finishing a project once you have started it, and then it gives just this natural time to be able to talk about Saint Joseph with them, mm-hmm. right? It's more organic. It's not a sit down. It's time for dad to teach you a lesson on Saint Joseph. Mm-hmm. But we're outside in the garage. Uh, doing a project together, doing fun things, doing fun things, and being like, "Hey, th- don't you think it'd be cool? Like when Jesus was with Joseph, and they were doing something like this together. What do you think they were talking about? You know, and just mm-hmm. let let them uh, think be, about be this idea, right? Yeah, this mm-hmm. idea of you know Jesus and Saint Joseph working together you know, to p- complete a project. The importance of working, you know, in, in, in diligence, and then uh, that way, the idea is when they're eighteen years old." They have a toolbox full of nice tools that they they can take off whenever they're out of the house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here's a pro tip: don't start with the hammer. Don't, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Okay, that's a good do one. they have hammers yet? They I think do. We started with the level. But, yeah, we started Ooh, with the level. That's yes. a good one. Tape measure, yeah, maybe. yeah. yeah. Um, we do. We do. We went to the rubber that's mallet recently, um, mm-hmm. which was yeah, okay. That's all right. Um, yeah, there's you, still you think like oh, to that. number one tool. Get let's get him a hammer, right? <laughs> like, do not yeah. buy your five year old a hammer, <laughs> right? You will regret it. <laughs> your sheetrock will oh. regret it. Yeah. So, like, maybe your your car will regret it. Yeah. You have no idea Ooh, what yeah. what it is <laughs> that will regret that you bought a five year old a hammer. <laughs> but uh, that is a really great thing. Um, you know, just other practical like little things, like you know, having a prayer area, an oratory, if you want to call that, in your house. Mm. Um, one of the things that I love that, that Pamela has done is she made different colored tablecloth. I mean, it's like we have this little tiny table, right, where we have... Our little home altar. Yeah, our yeah. little home altar. Mm-hmm. So we have different altar cloths, you know, purple, green, white, red. Um, yeah, I love that. And so mm-hmm. that's exciting for the kids when it's like, oh, 
ordinary, you know, now it's, uh, now it's Advent. It's Advent. Can I do the, can I change like, the tablecloth? Yeah, they get excited to change mm-hmm. the tablecloth mm-hmm. and set everything back up, right? Mm-hmm. Little stuff like that that they they notice, right? If And if we change it, because it's like, oh, they're already in bed. Let's just go ahead and change it. They'll wake up and say, oh, it's, you know, like, Someone they, they notice right away. Um, another one of my my favorites is in Passion Tide during Lent, which is a like a I forget the exact I think it's day. Two weeks. Two. I think it's two Easter, weeks before so Easter. Palm, is that Palm Sunday? No, that's just one mm-hmm. week. Um, you you know we cover all of the holy images in our house. Mm-hmm. Um, you know all the pictures of Mary, all the saints, all the, certainly all the crucifixes with uh, purple cloth, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know we just went and got cheap. I don't scarves know. we use scarves oh yeah and I just cut them up perfect yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Nice. um and it you know like it, purple is good if you have purple yeah. it doesn't actually have to be purple but it's totally better if, if it is purple because yeah. it is during lent um and you know like you're anticipating it's uh mm-hmm. like the purple is an, for anticipation right um and Pre- then on preparation. Easter, preparation thank you thank both, you both. yeah it's both but preparation more fittingly so then on Easter, when you take, when you remove it all, e- like, like oh, it's not even just for I've the kids. I've been missing that. Mm-hmm. Like even just my own, my own prayer life there all of a sudden now at, when I'm kneeling to pray, I can see the crucifix again. And it's, it's like, oh, hi, Jesus. You know, I've missed you. Mm-hmm. Um, so little things like that. You know, you kind of mentioned, Adam, that we wrote this book for families with kids, which is true. But I think that even if you don't have kids, even if you're an empty nester, the things that we write about would mm-hmm. would be beneficial for you because you still have a domestic church, you know? Um, and things you can do with your grandkids, for sure. Right, yeah, do right. with your grandkids. Yeah. But, like, you can still celebrate and still you still need to be bringing the liturgy home just for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, living liturgically is not something you do for the kids. It's something that you do because it's good. Um, mm-hmm. It's something you do for the human person. Yeah, I'd say probably the last half of the book is definitely for everybody, like, no matter what stage in your life. Um, like the home of the domestic church, like mm-hmm. your house. What does your house look like? <laughs> when we first got married, you know, our house had like nothing on the walls. And I always think like, good thing like we have holy images that we can put up. Otherwise, I would be at a loss. Like, what am I going to hang on the wall? When Pamela and I were Pictures dating, of me. <laughs> you know, like, I remember this. Like one day she was leaving my house and she said, you know what I think would look good right here? I think a, a picture would look good on the wall right here. And I just like, was floored <laughs> and i remember wide-eyed looking around my house and realized the idea nothing. the idea of decorating has literally never occurred to me <laughs> like i that is a great the, wow <laughs> you just blew my mind uh, i had a crucifix in every room and i was like and done was yeah. this house is awesome yeah. you know, like, but there was nothing <laughs> On any wall, right? The mantle was completely bare. It was like I think back about I think back on it now, and it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Thank you, the, Pamela. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're welcome. The woman brings uh, warmth, right, and, and, and beauty and, and to the, beauty home. the home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but like we can move on uh, to the home. The home. The home sure. chapter. That's a cool chapter. It is a cool chapter, um, and it's it's like this idea that the house itself is an analogy of holiness. Okay, the house is sacred in a literal way. Um, The word sacred means set apart. Mm -hmm. Okay, so something is considered sacred when you remove it from ordinary life. The rest. 
you know, a bowl is sacred. It's like, no, 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 this bowl, we're not going to eat cereal out of it anymore. It's just going to be for ice cream. You know, like putting incense in before the Lord or whatever oh. it is. <laughs> or ice cream. Or ice cream. No, no. <laughs> well, only if it's ice cream for the Lord. Oh, well, of course. <laughs> is there another way to eat ice cream? <laughs> Good well, question. That's a whole other book, Adam. <laughs> we'll be we'll be right back. We'll keep, we'll keep talking. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. David and I also with Adam Minahan and our lovely wives, Haley and Pamela. Talking about our book that we have coming out uh, through Ascension Press. Um, we were just talking about the house. Um, we have a chapter on the house. Not all houses are created equal. Um, some houses are better than other others. <laughs> um, and But the house is the, like this. It's an interesting analogy for holiness, right? Because holiness is sacred the word means set apart um so something is sacred when it's set apart for god for and f- exclusively for you know in service to him mm-hmm. you know like the vessels like the the chalice we use at mass y- it would be a sacrilege to use that just to like drink water out of because uh, it's it's set apart for only its use in the liturgy well the house literally does this it sets apart one like a family from the outside world, right? And that there's these walls, boundaries that say, here is where the home begins. Um, this it, it introduces this beautiful idea, which is totally unpopular these days from a like just a word standpoint of exclusivity, right? Every Everything sh- needs to be inclusive today, mm-hmm. right? If it's going to be good, it should be inclusive. Well, actually, the best things in life are exclusive. Um, the, the things that we treasure the most are always exclusive, right? Like a family is exclusive. You can't be part of somebody else's family because you're not part of the family, right? You have your own family. Now you could be adopted into, right? And so now you're exclusively part of this family, right? But um, the best things in life are exclusive. Marriage being the most exclusive institution, right? And that's what brings so much of that beauty is that I have set myself apart from all other women as a, as a husband just for you, just for you, Pamela, right? Um, and so we go through the, the rooms individually and say, what does this room mean? What does it do for the church? What's the significance behind the bedroom, behind the kitchen, uh, the living room? Um, the living room is the best room in the house because it's the only one not ordered towards, it's the only one ordered ter- towards the person. So every other room in the house is ordered towards a specific service or function towards the domestic church. Um, but the, the living room of a house is, is such that the family is is good. The people in your house are good in and of themselves and that there should be a room simply to be together. To live. To live, right, exactly. Learn how to live together. Um, so we talk about that just as a way of, once again, being intentional about um, what should this room be? You know, should, what should we be doing in it? How should it be decorated? How, like, um, how should it function to serve the family uh, because you need to, it's a, a lot of this is about bringing order to the household um, and so just thinking thinking deeply about the individual parts of the domestic church I think help mm-hmm. bring that order to the whole yeah, so that was, a, and that was then a evaluating like are we using these rooms appropriately mm-hmm. like you know you make food in the kitchen 
Are you just standing there and eating while you're feeding everyone else? Or are you sitting down with them and enjoying the meal with them? Mm-hmm. You know, after mm-hmm. you've done all that work making mm-hmm. food. Mm-hmm. And I didn't mention this. We didn't mention this in the book, but personally, I have a critique on open floor plans. You know, <laughs> it's very popular. Great for entertaining, right? Because you can have this, you know, big space. But um, you can have an open floor floor plan but there should be you can do little things to designate mm-hmm. a dining area you know separated out border. right exactly even if it's like oh i have a rug i was thinking here. a beaded curtain right yeah. Ooh. <laughs> you used to have those you know in your bedroom in middle school <laughs> you know so you need like having little things that designate areas because having a like having a space in your house that's the dining room you know it brings dignity to dining Okay, mm-hmm. like we don't do anything else here. Dining is so important. We don't do anything else in that space. You know, I paid like if you pay one hundred fifty thousand dollars for your house, how much did you pay just for the dining room? You know, it's like I paid twenty five grand just to have a place where we eat food, <laughs> and that's all we do, right? But it's that's good because the dining dining is so important as a, as a family as a domestic church that it's um, it's worthy of its own space. Mm-hmm. So just like that's what we kind of talked about there, um, Adam. Do you want to? Yeah, let, let's talk about ser- let's talk about service. Let's talk okay. about service in, in the domestic church. We have a whole chapter on that. It's it, like you said, Pamela, uh, before the break or one of the one of the segments is that we have one geared towards like uh, service towards spouses, then service towards children, and then children mm-hmm. even service towards parents. Um, mm-hmm. And so we try to incorporate every aspect of the of the domestic church of. Uh, how do we serve one another? Because everybody mm-hmm. had everybody in the home has a unique uh, duty to serve each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what are some of the things that are that are in the book that, that we do there? We talk about. Um, I really like the portion where we talk about service, like siblings serving one another. And gosh, that makes things run a lot more smoothly. Like, okay, I'm going to be generous and let you use the bathroom first. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> which we. You know, we have three girls so far, so the bathroom is kind of a problem. Um, But, you know, just being generous, serving, um, like, you can't even learn those things too early, you know, to put others before yourself. And I I think that's the main word is learning it because they have to see it being done. Right. You have to show it first with your spouse Mm -hmm. and then to them Mm -hmm. so they know what to do because at first it's, they're, you know, a two-year-old is it's in very their selfish. own world. Like, yeah. there's no way they have even the right. cognitive abilities to be thinking of. Oh, I didn't wasn't thinking about He's your sad, feelings there. I took that away. Right. Yeah. Um. But yeah, they have to see mom and dad serving one another, um, and then you serving them also and taking care of their needs. Mm-hmm. Um. And then that's when you see those wonderful moments of like the sibling to sibling service and uh-huh. them serving you also and with a happy heart to do it right joyfully mm-hmm. and willingly i think that is a great point because yeah like the people in the home are the first people you learn to, to serve. serve right yeah you know, like you probably do something a child probably has his first act of generosity towards a parent you know like hey i you know whether it's just those kisses affection like, yeah kisses or, or, kisses or whatever but um <clears throat> it needs some you know, it's important that it moves beyond that just because <laughs> the psychology of young children and their parents is, you know, it's hard to distinguish them from themselves, but their siblings, they know those are, 
He's like, oh, there's other people <laughs> who live in the house too. It's a competition, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So when they can when they can do that, that's good. And I like how you said that, Haley. That you have to learn it. And yeah, mm-hmm. because um, it isn't something that will just come naturally. You can't just expect your children to like, oh, well, they're obviously going to be generous. No, you have to instruct them. You have to reward them. You know, for mm-hmm. for those things. And that kind of piggybacks on another chapter that we even talk about on language of the of the church. Right. Like, so how how does yeah. how does service and language play a role together in the domestic church? Um, I think you have to use the words that you want to expect the behavior. Yeah, is like, that a good sentence? <laughs> the words when you talk like, about I don't virtues, just, I don't words. just want you to do this. I want you to obey. You or, know, sure. I don't just want you to set the table. I want you to be obedient in mm-hmm. your duty as mm-hmm. a child and what I'm telling you to do. The words become the goal. Yeah. Yeah, so when you talk about obedience, when you talk about honesty, mm-hmm. when you say those words out loud, then <clears throat> that becomes the things that they want to strive mm-hmm. after. Which, the other day, we ran into somebody, um, we were talking about obedience, I guess, and we ran into someone and they thought, oh, I don't, like, she didn't like that word. And I thought it was very interesting, like, that is a great word. Like, that should be the best word, like, in your whole house. Like, mm-hmm. yay, you were obedient, mm-hmm. you know? And, of course, like, blind obedience to some extent is definitely not what you want. But yeah, it depends. hopefully, like, blind obedience to your parents mm-hmm. should be expected. You blind know? <laughs> obedience to God, right? You know? Yeah, yeah. So I think the words, you know, words of virtue and encouragement and um not just be nice, but be generous, mm-hmm. be kind. Forming those habits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Right. But I, I do think that's so important how the words you use in that in the domestic church, they become the goal. Right. And that this idea that there is, in fact, a liturgy. <clears throat> you know, when you, go to, when you go to Holy Mass, there are things you say and things you do at specific times in response to other things that have been said and done. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the same is true at home. And it is, it is a, it's like a liturgy, right? There's a formula. When, when someone says or do, does these things, you respond with these actions and these words. You say, thank you. You say, you say I you. forgive you. I'm sorry. I forgive you. Right, exactly. Thank you, Mom. That was a delicious dinner. <laughs> so how, how did you guys like really reinforce those? Because, again, it has to become a habit, right, of, of yes, sir, mm-hmm. no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Thank and you. And what about please. the tone? Mm-hmm. Like if you're yeah. using, I mean, that's such a difficult thing to yeah. teach a child is, well... You said the right thing. It takes vigilance. <laughs> it, it just takes, I mean, you guys know this. I mean, it just takes constant vigilance. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you just have to be willing to enforce and re- constantly remind them, even when you don't want to. Mm-hmm. I feel yeah. like for us, like, if you get in trouble, it's because you were disobedient or disrespectful. Like, everything falls into those categories, pretty much. Uh-huh. Yeah, because if you're just ignorant, if you just didn't know, some things like you're not gonna be in trouble mm-hmm. uh, you, you'll get corrected but, mm-hmm. but you're not gonna be in trouble about it right you know mm-hmm. so uh yeah disobedience and disrespect which even disrespect ultimately is disobedience um because we have a rule of respect right, <laughs> right. <Okay. laughs> gotcha. uh, exactly yeah. but it's so important because if you can't if a child cannot be obedient to its parents then how do you expect it to be obedient to god Right, right. And the, this is the this is the crux, right? And that's that's what it all comes down to, mm-hmm. right? You you learn to a child learns to obey his mother, his father, so that he learns to obey his ultimate father, mm-hmm. you know, with that same fidelity. And I feel like as a spouse, like that is what I can help David. Like I don't know, we help one another 
keep to those standards, you know. Right. When I'm having That's a hard amazing. day, David's like, no, she was being disrespectful or, you know, yeah. work together. So we're out of time on the radio. If you're listening via Catholic Radio, go to thecatholicmantra.com. You can check out this full episode as we continue this talk on our new book that we just got uh, just released by Ascension Press, Living Beyond Sunday, How to Make Your Home a Holy Place. Go check it out, ascensionpress.com. Ladies, thanks so much for joining us. We'll continue this conversation on, on podcast. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. And cheers to Jesus. Okay. Okay. So now we can get into like the hot takes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we talked about service. Uh, we could still talk about hospitality. Um, let's talk about hospitality. Okay. Well, you guys are really good at that. Why don't you start? Uh, really, you know who's the best at hospitality is Juan. Juan's, oh, Juan's not, absolutely. Juan's not here today, but Juan is just like the embodiment of hospitality. So shout out to shout out to Juan mm-hmm. and, and Joan. Joan and Joan. Joan. Come on. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, Joan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what you talk about in your book, it's not just an individual, not in your book, in our book. It's the family. The whole family's got to be on board for the hospitality. Yeah. Otherwise, it's like. Well, what are those other people doing? Like you're serving me and <laughs> entertaining me, and so Adam and I went to um, Alabama. Oh, like a year ago. Oh, yes. Yeah, a year or two to, ago. To to be, you know, to, we went to EWTN, mm-hmm. um, and while we were there, we met with a guy um, who I just like kind of really opened my eyes to. Was it the Biddles friends? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It was um, Ramon, uh, Charlie. Charlie, it starts with an R, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Ramonis, Let's continue. Whatever. I'm close. I'm close. Sorry, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he was talking about the importance of hospitality and the importance of being a member of the community and how there's this idea that, oh, I'm just going to kind of isolate my family, you know, put this bubble, which you need to do. Uh, there is a time for sheltering your children, and there's a time for isolation, especially in the early years, right, when... A child needs to be exposed to good things. It needs to be um, sheltered from bad things. Um, but at some point, you have to grow out of that. And he brought up the point because he had, um, they have a large, beautiful family. You know, he has... These, Ten? Yeah. Is that right? That could, yeah, it's, it's, it's a large family. Mm-hmm. Beautiful young daughters. Double digits. You know, mm-hmm. um, handsome, handsome sons, right? And he's pointing out that, like, you know, my daughters, they're going to need most likely someone to marry someday. So he realized, I have a vested interest in you raising your sons the way in which I want them to be raised to marry my daughters. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, I have daughters. Mm -hmm. It's like quite a few. I better get over that that Minahan house and start (laughs) cracking the whip. Boys into shit. Um... But it just was this, like, that the domestic churches, ultimately, they're not ordered towards themselves. They're ordered towards each other. Um, And they're ordered towards this community, right? That man and woman was made to be in relationship with one another. And that doesn't end at marriage. You know, it it moves beyond that into friendship. 
um, and into neighbors. It moves, you know, into it's like a concentric rings, you know, or like a, a ripple that moves throughout the entire world. Um, and that that order at home is such that it would be ordered outward, you know, that it would flow outside of itself. It's this exclusivity, it's one of the great paradoxes that there's so many in Christianity. The, the domestic church is exclusive so that it can be inclusive, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? But you have to have that in the beginning mm-hmm. so that, you know, you can go out. So the, the things that we talk about in the book, they all build into um, hospitality because until you have hospitality, you don't have community. Right. I like that the service chapter was right before hospitality. Yeah, me because too. Because after that is... Um, well, well done. That it is, um, you're kind of flowing, and you're, mm-hmm. you know, you have a, a good it's rain over, on it. Overflow that leads beautifully into hospitality and serving others. And I think the word you used in the chapter was bloodbath of <laughs> having your house in order. If it's not, and it's, if these things aren't, you know, taken and not care the good of, kind. Yeah, it's a yeah. bloodbath and not the good kind. Yeah, then you know serving others or you know having people over to your home is going to be just torture mm-hmm. because yeah, you're that's also a good running word. around with your head cut off <gasps> people are coming things are crazy you mm-hmm. know you know i think mm-hmm. everyone has maybe seen it like a video a parody video mm-hmm. of a mom running around the house trying to get things together <laughs> to do everything yeah i think and, i know the video you're talking about yeah and it, it can be very true, but if you do have those steps in place... We don't want people to know we sit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I think it does flow well because ultimately, right, so we have to be able to form our children and form our, our household to live virtuous lives so that, like we said at the beginning of the show, we can go out and evangelize, mm-hmm. right? Hospitality is so important so that we can build friends. Friendship is so important in the evangelization game, so to speak, mm-hmm. right? Right. Because they don't, they won't care how much you know until they know how much you care. It's, mm-hmm. it's kind of, I know that's a, a little saying. It's kind of a little overused. cliche, a little but cliche, yeah, but it is. Yeah, true, but, but that's true. okay. It doesn't mean it's not uh-huh. true. Yeah, and so the importance of being able to invite people into your home, mm-hmm. into an ordered home, into a chaotic ordered home, maybe even, mm-hmm. but but it's, and, and to be able to serve them. Just like our children, it takes them, uh, they have to learn by seeing us serve one another mm-hmm. as husband and wife. Sometimes other families need to be able to see, like whenever you were with Charlie, like when we were with Charlie at their house, and we realized, oh, look, they're all serving us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Each child has their own role to play <coughs> in this meal mm-hmm. that, and, and uh, in order to make it a very nice meal that we can all have a good conversation around. Mm-hmm. And so it's the same thing whenever we invite people over to our house so that everybody understands everybody has a role to play in this game so that we can build friendship, we can build trust, we mm-hmm. can build a camaraderie, a community, so that we can ultimately have the ultimate goal of, of, of mm-hmm. sharing the faith right. and um, ultimately becoming saints. And I think helping one another grow in holiness, like, oh, I see that your family, they kneel when they pray you mm-hmm. know, before bedtime. Like, we don't do that. Like, we, you know, just... This is the importance of holy friendship, right? Yeah. Holy friendship, um, you know, saints hang out with saints, and that's what we want to do here. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, that's exactly right, that it's not just about, oh, I want to go and evangelize my neighbors. No, you need to be evangelized. Mm -hmm. You you think you've attained holiness? Like, 
you haven't. So I'm going to ask her, like, how did you get to that point where your kids are all kneeling there nicely? <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. like, you know, kind of pick each other's brains. Right. And see, like, what in what areas can I improve? Well, I think that's one of the beautiful things about writing this book is I feel like none of these things are my ideas. <laughs> I've just taken things that I've witnessed or, you know, learned yeah, from other people. And because, you know, I, I feel like growing up, there was none of this in my household. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of started from zero. And so just like kind of picking these things up of, you know, and that's another reason to surround yourself with good, holy friends mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who have your best interest at heart. Yeah, because mm-hmm. people might not know, Haley, you're a convert. Correct. Yeah. So you were converted right like as you were getting married. So like mm-hmm. all, Catholicism was like this new... Christianity. Christianity. Yeah, you're and, right. Yeah. Five sacraments yeah. in three months. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Which you would never be able to tell. I feel like you have just taken so naturally to... Pamela, thank Being you. A lovely mother. That's lovely Catholic mother. Such a nice thing to say. I also feel yeah. like you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to tell. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you'd... she's better Catholic than I am because she hangs out with yeah. holy, holy, she hangs out with holy this people. This is a testament <laughs> yeah. to hanging out with holy people. But really, you, you need that. You know, mm-hmm. like you need to surround yourself with holy friends for yourself. You know, mm-hmm. also so you can mm-hmm. you know so you can go out to other people. But you know, you can't give what you don't have. Mm-hmm. So you know, if you don't have that base if you don't have that foundation of christ Mm -hmm. um and order right because there's something ordered about god made the world so ordered um the spiritual life is ordered and so if if you are not if you don't have an ordered life then you're not going to really have christ okay like i qualify that (laughs) you know obviously you could you could be like in the throes of addiction and struggling and pursuing him but addiction is this massive disorder in your life, you could still have Christ, right? Just because you're trying and trying and pursuing and pursuing. But for the most part, in, you know, in ordinary life, if things are disordered in your life, then there's a, you're deceiving yourself, right? And, or there's something wrong with the way you're living. Um, and, and Christ wants to, he wants you to have that order because his peace, his love is well-ordered towards him, right? When things are disordered, they're not ordered towards him anymore. And so the household, it's just, right. it's the foundation of the way that you live out, mm-hmm. outside of the house as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, ladies, I want to take just a second and say thank you so much for uh, helping us write the book. Thank you for I, marrying I, us. I, I think that uh, <laughs> The best chapters are the ones that you guys uh, did, and so I'm, I'm grateful for your your time. I know it was not easy. I know it was a little stressful. I know that there were times that were we could not have used fun. this bottle of whiskey back. That, that's right. <laughs> Writer's tears. Yeah. Um, I mean, whiskey, whiskey, yeah, ishki, ishki, ishkabaha. Yeah. Is that what ishkabaha? it was? Mm-hmm. I like that word. Yeah, <laughs> that is fun to say. Ishkabaha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I am very grateful for you guys. I know that there's a lot of uh, sacrifice that's involved also even in the show, being able to do this show, uh, that you guys are behind the scenes that no one really probably thinks about. Um, but I'm grateful for, for, for you guys being able to um, help us with the book, help us with the show, because ultimately, um, like we said in the book, the, our goals are to get to heaven. And mm-hmm. uh, you, know, you guys are our vocation. And um, so uh, we love you guys very much. So thank you so much. You're welcome. You're welcome.
Anything else you want to say, Dave? No. All right. Uh, CentralPress.com, Living Beyond Sunday, making your home a holy place. Yeah. Enjoy the book.